What's up, everybody? I just wanted to let everybody know about Calhoun Asampi Sisha. Calhoun Asampi Sisha is a native-owned business. The name is very meaningful. It's a combination of a Scottish last name and an Oglala Lakota last name. Calhoun Asampi Sisha plans on having a whole line of products from candles to bath bombs. Calhoun Asampi Sisha plans on using part of the profits to make visible change with a focus on helping students attend university. They believe that if they help them in a crucial stage, they will gain the skills to help their communities. Another goal is to help the indigenous community with accurate representation. And they plan on doing this by modernizing indigenous trading while respecting traditional beliefs. The current slogan for Calhoun Asampi Sisha, a first of its kind, a whole tribe line. They're working very hard to get their business going and they plan on dropping candles February 28th. So go check out the Facebook page, Native Candles, that's the letter N. 8v candles and follow them on instagram so that's n8v underscore candles and also check out the website www.n8vcandles.com so that's www.nativecandles.com but it's n8vcandles.com so be sure to follow them facebook instagram and check out the website and get ready for february 28th thanks everyone What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Oki Podcast. On today's episode, I have another amazing guest. He is an indigenous comedian, and he is Casey Nicholson. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, I am doing good. How are you doing? Thank you for having me on your wicked, wicked show. Wicked meaning good. Wicked. <laughs> <laughs> the good wicked. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, man. Thank you so much. <laughs> Yes, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it so much. Uh, always, uh, it's always exciting to do these kind of type of uh, things, whether it be podcasts or small interviews or w- even for newspapers. It just, it's just really cool, you know, because it don't go beyond beyond what we're doing right now. It goes, you know, beyond like beyond our conversation. Other people may or may not hear it, but I know. Hopefully, I know my mom's gonna listen to this at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He said, mm. we gotta, so we got to keep it PG. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she knows me. Oh, R rated R. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, let's go Z. Let's go. Just go straight to Z. Straight to Z. Okay. First for me. <laughs> All right. Sweet. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, thanks for coming on, making time. I really do appreciate it. And been watching some of your stuff and hilarious hilarious so Thank you know you. the things i can watch able to watch you know and i don't know if you ever make it towards here oklahoma have you been able to come through here yeah i actually was just over there in november i believe um I in okc oklahoma city 
I believe it was at the the Hall of the American Indian Hall of Fame or something like that center. Um, mm. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, dang it! I just totally forgot. I was really wearing their shirt yesterday, and totally. So whoever, if any of them are listening to this, I apologize if I got the name wrong. But it's a big center. It's going to be a big like amusement park. I think. I don't know. Am I letting the cat out of the bag? I don't know. Anyways, um, and then I was over there again the next weekend. Right after I just got done over there, and uh, I went to Tulsa, nope, uh, Ponca City. Mm, okay, okay. Yeah, so I was kind of in the area of o- Oklahoma, but yeah, I've been there a couple times. Uh, I also went to El Reno or the, the casino around that area. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, I went down there with uh, Tatanka Means and Tony Joe Hall, Chance Rush, Mike Bone, we all did like a little show there. Not little. It was actually a pretty well attended event that uh, happened, and it was really good. So I've been to, I've been there, you know, I don't know, a handful of times, anyways. Damn, I'll keep an eye out next time you're down here. I'll have to come catch a show. Yeah, yeah, totally. That'd be awesome. They're talking about bringing us back uh, to that El Reno Casino part. I don't know what the casino's called, um, but uh, is that a giant one? Yeah, it's a big it's one. It's a giant one, right? Yeah. Um, Windstar, wow. maybe? I don't know. Wind something or star something. I don't know. <laughs> Wind in your star. I don't know. Something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> one of uh, them. We got a lot. <laughs> yeah. Starry wind. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, uh, totally. Yeah, keep a lookout and uh, be totally cool to come back down. I really like Oklahoma. Um it's it's good times it kind of at one time they had a, a tornado warning which kind of was freaky you know but mm-hmm. um it was way off in a distance but they still had to sound off the alarms anyways just in case it changed its course i guess and uh, we didn't have to go bunker or anything but still just to hear it was like holy holy cow like it was pretty it was pretty uh a puckering experience where you're, you know, your butt cheeks pucker for no reason. They're just like, holy, you know, you know something's going wrong when your butt cheeks pucker, you know, so something's happening that is uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's freaky, man. Once you hear that alarm go off too, it's uh, that siren. I mean, not alarm. Sorry, Oklahoma. But when you hear those <laughs> sirens, man, it's like, oh God, mm-hmm. you can't see anything. It's it's pitch black. You can't see anything. It's, oh, it's my pretty God. scary. I couldn't imagine. But yeah. Yeah. But yeah, anyways, yeah, I've been to Oklahoma to answer a long story short. Yes, I've been to Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely keep an eye out. Man, I'd love to come through. I can't believe I missed that, but that was around the time I was like doing a bunch of stuff. So I probably wouldn't have got to go anyways. But I will keep an eye out and I will yeah. go. Yes. Busy man. Busy, busy. As you too. Yeah. Uh yeah, it, it it goes in waves, you know, my career kind of goes in waves, like when I'll have like a month or two where it's just like one or two gigs, and then I'll have like three or four months of like three, four gigs a month, you know, so it's just like, you know, it depends, it just really depends, and then I'll have a bunch of local gigs, or, you know, I'm getting into acting, and uh, I'm really trying to like hone in on uh, different auditions, or creating different uh, 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 tapes, I guess, for people to review, um, I'm also mm-hmm. on a writing a writers group. Uh, we're writing a pilot for a show to be pitched to a na- major network. 
So uh, that's what's kind of filling my time now. But I mean, it just goes in waves is what it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know about that stuff. So we'll get into it. Oh, yeah. So for the listeners, Casey, can you tell, you know, where you're from, what growing up was like, and then what kind of just led into this journey that you're on right now? Oh, man. Are you guys ready? Um, Geez, this is an audio book uh, you are reading. I will read the foreword to this book. It happened a long time ago, back when I was a little boy in my mama's womb. Uh, I came out and there was a bright light and it shined in my eyes and I squinted really hard and they thought that I was an Asian boy. My mom looked at her mother, which is my grandmother, and said, did I have an Asian boy? No, I'm just joking. Anyways, um, what happened was, <laughs> what happened was, um, let me see, honestly, I'm, a, I'm an only child from my mom. And uh, she raised me by herself, so a single parent. It was just me and her all over the country. Um, uh, my dad is from Browning, Montana. He's Blackfeet. And uh, between those two, um, several other different tribes, but my, my tribe is Aunee, um, a.k.a. Grovant. So that's a federal name, Grovant. And Grovant is a French word meaning big belly um, because the French misunderstood our sign language for what we were trying to, where, where we were trying to tell them kind of where we were at, kind of where we were camped at. And it's kind of like a sign language kind of motioning in front of the belly. And so they called us Grovant, which is totally off because back then there's no way that, you know, we... We were Grovant. I mean, we were famished. We 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 walked all over. We hardly ate really anything that was uh, uh un, you know not healthy for us. And so it was weird that they would call us Grovant. But anyways, um, but yeah, Ani uh, and my my so my mom's Ani, my dad's Blackfeet. Um, I'm an, uh, an only child from my mom, and we traveled all over. She worked for the IHS and BIA, so it was a government job. And we she just kind of like. Started, I think, in Billings, Montana, and then, you know, she got some experience under her belt, then we'd move again. So we went to Portland, Oregon, and then we went, then she'd get more experience and went to Gallup. From Gallup to Aberdeen, South Dakota, back to Billings, Billings back to Portland, and then from Portland, Oregon, all the way over to Silver Spring, Maryland. And then from Silver Spring, Maryland, I moved to my home reservation in Fort Bellum, Montana. And I graduated high school there, and my mom still lives there, but, you know, I go, I dip in and out of there uh, throughout my uh, adulthood, through my college career, and through just adulthood, I would just go in and out of there, trying to find stability. And so I kind of did all that. I got my bachelor's in health and human development, and then I got my master's in mental health counseling, and... uh, I've always wanted to, and this story will kind of come around, but I've always wanted to kind of go to the reservation or go to help my people. Um, I've always had this kind of internal internal thing kind of going on inside me uh, to say that or to write that or to become that. And I honestly didn't realize I was going to become what I was going to become in today's world, in, in this day and age right now. Um, I knew I was going to do something in terms of helping my people, but I really, really didn't know how or what, you know, and I don't think anybody can really tell the future, you know, some people have like, I'm going to help my people by being a doctor. I'm going to help my people by becoming a lawyer or I'm going to build houses or whatever it may be, you know, uh, me, 
I was like, uh, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna go into a profession that's gonna help my people. That's pretty much all I said. And the reason I said this is uh, I was, let me see, I was in Silver Spring, Maryland, and I think I was 12 years old, 12, 13, no, 13 years old in eighth grade. And our English teacher uh, asked us, and now this is how old I am, I'm aging myself. So I walked into classes about a week before summer break, week before eighth grade ended. And um, I remember walking into a classroom and she had this, uh, they call it a projector. It was like a projector where it's a dry erase projector where you write this little thing on a, on a clear sheet of paper or clear, clear sheet of plastic and you write on marker and then it projects it onto the wall. Anyways, I remember coming in and I seen that and um, it said a 10 year letter. And I was like, well, and we were all like, me and my boys were like, what, 10 year letter, okay, whatever. So we all kept, you know, talking and stuff. And the teacher said, all right. And she started handing out uh, actual envelopes. And we're all looking at each other like, what's going on? And then she removed the, the thing that she wanted us to write on a letter. So she, she said, all right, everybody get a piece of paper out. This is what I want you to write on your letter. She removed the piece of paper or further down. And it said, in 10, or hello, Casey. Uh, this is what you're going to be in 10 years from now, um, dot, 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 kind of like that. And I was like, okay. And she's like, everybody write this down. So we wrote it down. She said, okay, what I want you guys to do is write a 10-year letter. In 10 years from now, what do you think you're going to be? What do you feel like you're going to be? What, where, do you, where do you see your life in 10 years? And as an eighth grader, I'm like, what? Like, I'm not even worried about it. Like, I'm... I'm trying to get that girl's number, you know, I'm trying to go through puberty right now. I'm trying to figure out why my nose, and my ears are bigger than my whole face right now. Like I'm, I'm like not even proportioned right, you know, like why would I even think about like 10 years from now? So we had the whole class period to sit there and it was totally quiet. You know, some of the girls, some of the guys were all kind of into it. And I'm just like, ah, you know, looking around like 10 years, like what's like, what am I, I don't know, you know? And I was like, well, you know, so I went right to my dreams. And I went, okay, I'm going to become a professional basketball player, professional football player, professional baseball player, college athlete, you know, all the, all the football, baseball, basketball. Then I said, I'm going to graduate college. And I said, well, what are you going to graduate in college from? And then that's when I said, uh, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, some, someone, I'm going to graduate in something that's going to help my people. And then it kept going and it just, you know, like it just said whatever, you know, it really did. I was just writing whatever in my mind thought okay, this is good enough kind of thing. And I remember writing, you know, uh, be respectful, kind, you know, courteous, you know, all these kind of attributes that I would love to have when I, in 10 years. And as it kind of started getting further and further, I started stretching it out. I started stretching my mind further out, like, you know, maybe, what if, it could be. And so uh, I remember putting comedian and then I remember putting actor. And then I folded up the piece of paper I put it in the envelope that she had us addressed to somebody who wasn't going to move in 10 years. Um, my auntie, I figured, you know, if she moves, she'd be responsible enough to do the change of address thing. So I said, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to address it to her. And um, thinking about it back then, you know, think about what I did then really kind of came to fruition when that letter came to me 10 years later. And I was in college at Montana State University, Bozeman. And I was there and I was writing, or I was uh, on my way to class. Uh, Auntie called, she said, hey, Case. So what's up? She's like, you got a letter. I'm like, oh, really? That's weird. She's like, yeah, you got a letter from yourself. I'm like, what? That's weird. Was I that, you know, drunk? Was that I that high when I was a freshman? I wrote myself a letter. She's like, I don't know what it is. 
She said, but uh, if you want, come by this weekend. I'll put it up to the side and you come pick it up. I was like, oh, cool. All right. Awesome. And so, and as I hung up on her, I started thinking where or what or who or how did this, I wrote a letter, a 10-year letter? Because the day that I wrote that letter, I never thought about it because it was like a week before vacation, right? So I never thought mm -hmm. about it. And um, I... I was thinking, and then it dawned on me, you know, like, oh my gosh, it's so cool. And then I remembered, I ended up driving over there and grabbing the letter, opened it, and sure enough, there it was. You know, I even smelled the letter. You know, that's why I was like, does this smell like 10 years old? Like, what does 10 years smell like? You know, so I smelt it, I sniffed it, I licked it, I did everything to figure out where and what does 10 years taste and smell like. It doesn't taste any difference than any other thing, okay? Just let everybody know that. <laughs> um, it's, it tastes like a freaking piece of paper is what it tastes like. And then I opened it, I opened the letter up, and there it was. I write. I wrote exactly the same I wrote as I wrote when I was in eighth grade. It was crazy. And I read. I started reading it, and I started crossing out the things that I probably wouldn't do, like the professional athlete stuff. I just I didn't have the self-confidence or the belief. I might have had the, the ability, but I just didn't have that push or drive to do it, you know, at that time. And uh, I kept going down and I got my call. I'm, I'm going to college to work on my, tell my people on all these things. And then I went all the very bottom and I said, comedian and actor. And I was like, eh, well, I don't know, maybe one day, never, never thought about doing a comedy or acting while I was in college, never. And so after that, um, I pulled the letter back up and I believe I gave it to my mom. I hope I gave it to my mom. And, um, Again, didn't think about it again. And I went through my life, you know, went through, you know, uh, college, went through masters, um, just just did the everyday, the life stuff, you know, the trials and errors, the failures, everything you do. And then at 30 years old, at 30, I think it was at 30 years old. Yeah, 30 years old. Uh, I remember seeing a comedian named J.R. Redwater and he was part of the Showtime uh, comedians uh, uh, going native or something like that on Showtime, and there was like five comedians and 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 uh, and Charlie Hill. He was kind of the host, and I remember, oh my god! And so he was in Rapid City. Uh, Jared Redwater was in Rapid City, and I was like, oh man, I'm gonna go see him. This boy's so cool. And he came, and I watched him, and I was like rolling. You know, this is the first, I think, the first native comedian I seen in live in person at 30 years old. And I'm rolling. I am crying. Like, man, this guy is hitting all my funny buttons, right? And I'm just like, ah! And it's just freaking hilarious. And then I asked him, I said, hey, would you be interested in coming to our res if I could get you there? He's like, yeah, he cut me a great deal. And uh, he even he even stayed at my brother or my, well, it's like he's my bro bro. You know, he's not my actual bro brother brother, but he's like mm -hmm. my bro. And uh, he stayed at his house because he didn't want to travel 40 miles to a hotel and come back 40 miles. So he just, I'll just stay with, you know, him. And I'm like, all right, cool. That's awesome. Saves us money, right? Um, but anyways, we got him there and he went up there and he, 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 the first thing he said when he went up there and we, and we packed, I mean, we, we packed that freaking little gym. I think the capacity was like 300 or something like that, 280. But we packed that gym where people are standing, and I'm pretty sure we broke fire code, right? And like, there was a lot of natives there. Like, we were pushing it through the other res. We'll see you there. We put it on the radio airwaves, and we were asking people. We were just telling people, "Come on, it's a free show. Come on over." And we 
we honestly, because, you know, natives and their shows, they don't all come. You know, they got other things to do in mm-hmm. life, you know, like stay at home and eat ramen noodles or, you know, you know, take care of the kids or, you know, have excuses and not to go to free shows, you know. But believe it or not, we have like that place packed. And so uh, I'm really excited because I'm one of the guys that really help organize this and bring this comedian here. And um, I'm nervous, too, because I'm hoping he delivers like he delivered in Rapid City. And uh, I'm there, and I'm like, all right, Jerry, you almost ready? He's like, bro, uh, did, did you get anybody to open up for me? I'm like, what? I was supposed to have somebody to open up for you? He's like, yeah, man, like, I can't just go out there and shoot from the hip. Like, can we warm up the crowd? And I'm like, ah, uh, 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 I know somebody who can sing, right? And he's like, what? I'm like, I know somebody who can sing. He's like, okay, whatever, just get up there and warm up the crowd. I'm like, ah, okay. So I went and asked this girl, and she could sing country. And I was like, uh, I think her name was Jevy. And I was like, hey, Jevy, can do you, and she's pretty outgoing, you know. I was like, do you think you could sing, like, just one song up there to kind of do the open part of it? And she's, like, really, like, caught off guard, like, what? I'm like, come on, please, please, you know. And she's like, uh, yeah, okay, do you have this song? I'm like, yeah. And I said, I don't have the instrumental. She said, that's fine, I'll just sing along to it. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And so she got up there. I played a push play, and it was George Strait. I'm pretty pretty sure it was like Amarillo by Morning or whatever that song is, right? I don't know that song. And it was a George Strait song, and it was a slow song. And I remember she's going, and she's, you know, she's doing her thing. And JR looks at me from across the stage, and he gives me these eyes. Like, he opens his eyes like, bro, like, you're killing me. And I'm like, I can't help it. I didn't know she's going to sing this song, you know? And she gets off, and there's like, you know, one or two uh, courtesy claps, you know, just like clap, 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 you know. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, bro, you got to do something, anything, play some hype music, do anything. And I was like, ah. So I was rolling through my freaking, like, I had an iPod to play music with. And I was rolling through it, and I'm like, um, this one. And I think it was LMFAO, uh, Sexy and You Know It, or something like that. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so I pushed that one. And it went, you know, a sexy and you know it. And I just came out and I started like dancing here and there and strutting across the stage. And and then I cut the music and everybody's laughing. And I'm like, and I made fun of these elders. And one of them were like our main spiritual elder. And they were like front row elders right in the front. And I said something that I thought I was going to get in trouble for, but he loved the joke. You know, he just loved it. And I, everybody's like, they didn't know if they wanted to laugh or not. They're like, oh, and then they seen him laugh, and then they all started laughing, right? And uh, anyways, I only did it for like two or three minutes, and uh, I got off stage, and JR's like, oh, my God, ladies and gentlemen, Casey's so funny. Give him a round of applause. And so after the show, you know, JR killed it. JR totally killed. I mean, he made everybody laugh. He went on for like an hour and a half, you know. And uh, he, after the show, he's like, bro, I didn't know you were that funny. He's like. Did you ever think about stand up? And I'm like, and right away, I kind of almost, I kind of did, you know, like I thought about that letter. I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, I kind of did think about comedy once, you know? He's like, cool. And then, then that's all he said. And uh, about a month later, Rocky Boy, they're like, they're about an hour away from our res, um, had brought, some of them came to our show. They seen him perform, so they wanted to bring them, him to their show or their their res and so they brought him to their res 
And there were there, and I was like, you know, trying to impress my lady. I was like, hey, babe, I'm gonna go back to this backstage because I know the comedians, <laughs> right? So I went to the backstage, and there's people there, you know, they're congregated. And JR looks at me and he's like, hey, and I'm like, hey, and he's like, bro, and I'm like, bro, and he's like, hey, did you remember you said you kind of you, you're interested in comedy? Would you like, would you want to do like five minutes tonight? And in my mind, I'm like, no, I don't want to. Are you nuts? Like, there's like 300 greasy crees in this audience. And if they don't laugh, it's my head, right? I am, no, I don't, ah. And that's what my mind was saying, right? But honestly, like, something paused, and I slowly, in my mind, said, sure, why not, you know? And he's like, great, awesome. They all head out. And I'm thinking like, you know, and I, I remember just sitting there panicking. Like, what did I just agree to? Like, am I nuts? What am I going to do? I've never, I've never written a joke. And this is in 2010. I've never written a joke ever. I've, I've never did any of this. And I'm supposed to go out there and make people laugh like, like on the spot? Like, uh, uh, you know, and I'm just like, I'm panicking. And I remember uh, one of the, the hosts, his name is Chuck Mullock. He's from Billings, but he's also partly from Fort Belmont, Montana. And he's like, uh, Keith, you got like five minutes. I'm like, what? Five minutes? He's like, yeah, I'm going to go up. I'm going to do my little thing. And then I'll, I'm going to bring you up. And I'm like, oh. And I remember the other comedian, Mark Yaffe, he's like, bro, you'll be all right. You'll be fine. Don't worry about it. You'll be good. Don't worry. And I'm like, I've never written a joke, Mark. Never. You know, he's like, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, and, uh, you know. I hear I hear uh, Chuck kind of winding down. Then he's like, "All right, I'll bring our first comedian up. He's from Fort Bell, Montana. He's your haver billboard child. You know, kind of these things. You know, I was on a billboard for anti-tobacco stuff, so I was on like in Haver on a billboard for the longest time, like almost like two or three years on the billboard. Like my face was starting to unpeel. That's how long I was on the billboard. And it was not just me. It was my it was my wife and our first kid, and uh, we were there." And I was panicking, and he all right, bringing up Casey Nicholson. So I went up, and I remember walking up to that stage, and I remember looking at my lady, my my woman, my wife, and I was looking at like my friends that we were sitting by, and they're like shocked. They're like, "What are you doing? Like, are, why are, are what are you doing?" And I'm just like shrugging my shoulders, and I'm like, "Hey, you know, like." Uh, and then I remember like stalling. I remember stalling for the longest time because, like I said, I've never written a joke. I don't know what I'm gonna say. I'm just putting. I'm going off my mind, my head. And then I say, you know, us Indians are funny, you know, then I think I go into my grandma. Then I think I go into like something where my mom's whipping me. And uh, then that has the crowd rolling. And then I kind of stutter and I kind of like, you know, kind of do whatever I do for the next two or three minutes. And I remember getting off the stage and people are clapping like, yeah, you know, and then Chuck Miller, holy cow. And then I remember Jared Redderall, man, you killed it, bro. And then I remember Mark Yaffe saying, you did good, man, you did good. I'm like. Holy cow, what did I just do? And then I that's where the that's not where the bug bit me though. Okay? That is not where the bug bit me. That was like, oh, okay, I can do this. Okay? I can. Remember that. I can do this. About I would say maybe two months later, JR Redwater asked me to do another show in Billings, Montana, about three hours south of us. And uh, it was a small show. Uh, some people were drinking. You know, it was uh, lights were on fully. They had circle tables. I just kind of remember it. And it was another with another guy named Jim Rule. And I was I was opening up for them. 
And at this time now, I wrote. I had two months to write, so I'm writing jokes. So they're like, all right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm ready. I am so ready, you know, knowing that I can do this. And I get up there, and, and I totally just bomb. Like, I don't even make it to my five-minute set before I look over to the stage left, and I say, am I done yet? You know? And you don't ever say that on mm -hmm. stage. I was just totally panicking, shaking, couldn't make my family's, my family members laugh, couldn't make my aunties laugh, no nothing. And I remember going off that stage and feeling seriously so defeated and saying, I can, I thought I could do this, you know? And feeling that ultimate feeling of like defeat and failure and, 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 but something inside me said, do it again. Like something inside me said, you can do it. Like rising to the challenge more or less, you know, you, I fell flat on my face. I, I can't believe I failed that bad. I can't believe I, I just, I just totally freaking just bombed like hard bombed, you know, but something inside me said no more said you can, uh, you can do this to I want to do this. I want to do this. So the, the, the can part is like, yeah, I can, I can get in shape, you know, I can get in shape, no problem, you know, but do you want to? So that want came and it was more of like a fire burning instead of just a spark of a can. It was more like, I want to do this. I, I, I want to get better. I want to be able to make, you know, people laugh. I want to make, help people heal and through laughter, like this want came, you know, and I was like, all right. Here we go. So, you know, the next four, three or four years after that 2010 year, um, I started working and I started, you know, you know, doing little shows here and there and going on little road trips here and there with Von Eagle Bear and Mark Yaffe and doing little openers for Von or uh, J.R. Redwater, you know, doing these things and building that confidence and gaining that that experience in the material. And then all of a sudden in 2014, uh, I, I, I said, I'm quitting my job because during that time, I was going through panic attacks. I was having anxiety, uh, slight depression, just not happy with my work. I wasn't enjoying uh, doing the counseling stuff that I was doing. I was headbutting with all my supervisors because I don't like to be told what to do. And I almost felt like it was a dead end. Like I was just like, man, I am getting really unhappy. And I just said one day, I said, I'm done. I don't want to work anymore. I don't want to work for eight to five no more. I just want to try to do the speaking and comedy full time. My lady said, you know, she's like, I support you in that. I could see that you're unhappy. Uh, let's do it. You know, it's gonna, it was going to be rough at first because my name wasn't really out there. And eventually, you know, 2014, I just went full blown and I've been doing it pretty much full time off and on, not off and on, pretty much full time since 2014 and speaking and doing. And then I got picked up by Native Wellness Institute to speak on other like, you know, trauma and wellness and all that stuff. And then I do my own. I have my own kind of workshops that I've created um, where I'm using my, my master's degree to create this, this, the, these talks or these motivational talks or these inspirational talks in addition to obviously comedy. And um, that's kind of like how I got into comedy. And the reason why I think I got into comedy really quick is because I always watched it. It was almost like a part of me. I remember going in, in Gallup, New Mexico, and I remember rolling into – uh, we used to live in a trailer, and I remember watching, seeing my, all my mom's friends, and they're sitting around the stereo, and they had a tape player. Some of y'all young youngins out there, you guys probably don't know what tapes are, but you actually had to put a tape player in, and you had to wait for it to rewind. There was no back button; you had to rewind, fast forward, you know, pause, play, whatever. 
and he had to flip the cassette. But anyways, there's this one tape. It was called Williams and Ree. I don't know if you ever heard of that comedy duo. Um, it was mm-hmm. a, it did in a white guy. And uh, they were really – but I remember seeing my mom and her friends watching these people and – or not watching, listening to them and laughing. And so that kind of sparked interest, thinking, oh, that, oh, that's cool, you know. And then I used to always watch Deaf Comedy Jam when I was in Silver Spring, Maryland, religiously. You know, when they all first got their starts, you know, from Dave Chappelle to Martin Lawrence to Bernie Mac to, you know, just tons of legends anyways. Then I really started liking Richard Pryor and then, um, you know, all these other comedians. And I used to watch uh, the Comic Relief, I think it was called, uh, with Whoopi Goldberg, uh, Billy Crystal, uh, 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 Robin, Robin Williams. But, you know, I used to always watch that, too. So it kind of was just always kind of in the back burner, like not knowing it, but it was just always there. And uh, I never knew, expected that I was going to be doing what I was going to do. It's not, I don't want to say it didn't really fall in my lap, but it was just kind of always there. It was like this little nugget, you know, this little nugget that was just kind of, I held on to it uh, subconsciously. And when the opportunity provided itself, I, I took that risk to see where it would go and not knowing where it would go um, to where I'm at today, making money off it, traveling, enjoying it, providing healing to our communities. Uh, I mean, it just, it, it, it's beyond my belief. And I'm only, I'm not even, I'm not even plateauing. I feel like I'm still making this incremental climb, you know, to, to where I really want to be in life in terms of a comedian, actor, speaker, um, father, uh, husband, uh, brother, human being, you know what I mean? It's the, the journey is still kind of incrementally going up and I'm enjoying the ride. But I'm also being weary and taking my time with a lot of the things because I'm 43 and some people feel like, oh, my God, you better rush. You better hurry up because you don't got much time. And I'm like, you know what? I got all the time in the world and I want to be able to enjoy this process of growth in my profession, in my in my spiritual life, in my real life and just take gratitude for the things I'm able to do, because not a lot of people don't have the mindset or don't have that ability to do what I'm doing. Or they have the ability to do anything, but the, the 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 possibility or the what would you call it, the the want or the know-how, I guess you'd say. Because I I once was there, I didn't know how to get started, you know. But yeah, and then here I am, uh, doing what I'm doing now, and it's uh, awesome. In short, that's kind of what it's about. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing, man. That's amazing how you said eighth grade. And you yeah. wrote down comedy, right? <clears throat> and you kind of just forgot about it, but it found you. Yeah. So did that teacher have that teacher kept those letters and sent them out ten years later? Yeah. Is that what happened? Exactly. Okay. And yeah, that's. I think that's how it happened. I don't know if you could work something out with the U.S. Postal System and say, "Hey, yeah. send this back out." You know, like I don't. I wouldn't trust the U.S. Postal System doing that. No. Okay. Well, I thought I missed it. Well, I thought she sent him, and then I thought your aunt just kept it, you know. But you said that your aunt called you and said, "Hey, you got a letter." So yeah, yeah I guess the teacher mail. kept the letters. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. The teacher kept them and like kept her word and saying she'd send them. Yeah, so. it was crazy to even like, and I always, and I use that still today. You know, I'll, you know, whatever, like if I'm doing a workplace wellness or if I'm doing motivational speaking or if I'm working with troubled youth or, 
if if I'm uh, doing a comedy workshop or whatever it may be, I still use it. Like, what are you going to be in one year from now? Write a letter. Just write a letter. Put it in your underwear drawer, and say open open on this date next year. You know, a five year letter. You know, if you're willing to go five years from now, you know, do that. And then uh, if you guys are really wanting to do something, especially when I work with youth. Um, I encourage you to right now to do a 10 year letter. And sometimes if we have the time, we will sit down and we'll take that hour or that lunch break and we'll have kids write that 10 year letter. Now, how many of them carry through with it? I don't know. You know what I mean? Cause I, I don't think I'd have the responsibility to hold on 10 years from now. You know what I mean? I would, I would, uh, it would crush me if I lost those letters somehow, you know, in traveling or in moving or some way, somehow. Um, so I always kind of leave it up to them, you know, or, or the group that I'm working with or the supervisors, like, or just individually, if they just want to do it themselves and say, open me up 10 years from now on this date, you know, whatever. Kind of like a time capsule really. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, it is. That's a good exercise too. I never thought of doing something like that. Um, yeah. even in and school, I, you know, like, yeah, right out 10 years from now, what do you think you're, what do you think you'll be doing or you have an idea because i i did not know like what i even wanted to do when i was 18 19 like i just figured i'd live on the res forever and die there <laughs> that's what i thought i mean because i i didn't have big expectations for myself i didn't make the best grades i kept getting hurt in sports and and it just felt like nothing was ever going my way and all it took was just leaving the res and then finding a school with a bunch of other natives and learning about just myself like finding myself and and then like you know i went to institute of american indian arts have you heard of that one yeah yeah in new mexico so i went there and you know you're there you're young like you're finding yourself you're meeting new people and it's scary but you know it's really cool to see all those creatives where they're at now like they're artists mm -hmm. or graphic designers or native business owners you know and it's and it's powerful to see that and so yeah. you know when i moved back here to oklahoma i was like i just was working like you like i was just working nine to five and hated it and when the pandemic hit you know that's when i started this because it was like you know, I don't want to work. Like I was getting like you, like anxiety and panic attacks and mm -hmm. depression and yeah, that shit's real. Yeah, it's real. And and so I wanted to start this, and finally I did. You know, and it's it's helped so much. It's helped me. It's an outlet to talking and just finding other creators out there that love what they're doing. And it's it is powerful, man. It's it's medicine to hear all these stories. You know, like yours. And it's just uh it's it's amazing to hear man it's amazing to hear your story yeah and i think that's a and it's amazing to hear where you're going through and what the the i guess the almost it's a chance you know you don't know where it's gonna go especially with your podcast and stuff and your your the exposure to share other people's stories or your even your own story and and to do that obviously is a risk or a chance to just say hey man i want to share what's going on with a other people in life, you know, what, what people that can relate to it or people can draw something from it. And I think that's what more of us need to do in terms of uh, helping each other, you know, rather than talking, you know, bad about each other or, or being jealous or hurtful towards each other. How can we help each other, you know, and, and dissolving that trauma or dissolving that hurt and that blame mentality, you know, 
Um, so, I mean, big ups to you as well, you know, doing, doing what you're doing as well. Yeah. Well, I love what you said too, about, you know, you, everyone has the ability to do what they want. They just mm-hmm. have to want to do it. Yes. And it's so hard to invest in yourself because it's so, it is scary. It's scary to it's like, like you, like you quit your job. I quit my job too, but you quit your job and you took a chance on yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that's like, that's some, that's what you have to do though. Like you have to, you have to give in fully into your dream and what you believe is right for yourself. Yes. You know, and it, it's hard, man. It's hard to do. It's the, the first like six months to a year is like, it's grind. Even after that, it's grinding. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's what it is. And so that's what I want people to hear too, is like, you have the ability to do what you want, you know, find what you love and do it. Yes. And, uh, and there's like, and I always work in different facets as well as like you were saying, like do find what you want and do it. But there's also things that um, I always try to encourage people, even myself, like I'm not perfect. I don't claim to be perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm nobody really, you know, essentially in the scheme of life and things. Um, I'm still struggling like a lot of people. I'm still trying to make a life out of what I have and what I've, what the tools I have and the resources that I have. And there's no way that I, you know, I'm perfect or that I, 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 I know it all, you know, you know, all the things that I've mm-hmm. experienced are from my ex- all the things that I talk about from my comedy to my speaking um, is everything that I know about. So, you know, um, like, let's say for my mom, I, I can't blame her or, or, you know, criticize her because she only knew what she knew in raising me. Um, I only know what I know in, in speaking to people, you know, through my, through my wellness training, through my, through my training of life, through my learning of life. Um, there's no, by no means like, think that I know everything. I'm all, I'm a student of life. I'm always willing to learn, listen to other people's stories. Um, I fail. I, 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 but I, one thing I try to do is, you know what? It hurt. I bang my head. I skid in my knee in, 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 in an analogy of life. And, uh, I could, I could lay there and, you know, you know, cry around and say, life is over. I'm not going to able to get up. Um, or I can, you know, brush off, bandage myself up, and get up and continue to keep moving forward, you know. And I think that's one thing that I th- that I feel like I got from my mom and just being an only child is this innate ability to not give up. To to yeah, you're gonna as an only child, you're gonna mess up because you don't have anybody to learn from. You don't have a bigger brother. You don't have a dad. You don't have anybody to say, hey, this is way this is the way you do it, son. This is the way you do it, bro. This is the way you do it. You know, um, it was a lot of it just a trial and error stuff and. I'm 43 and I'm still failing. I'm still messing up. I'm still, but what I'm trying to do is get better at all facets of my life, praying to uh, emotional, mental, social, you know, relationship to spiritual. And, you know, there's some days I want to give up, you know, some days I don't want to do comedy. Some days I don't want to speak because I really want to focus on myself. But at the same time, I think those work hand in hand and I need to, be able to draw strength from both to keep myself upright, to keep moving, to show people or to youth or to other people that might be looking towards me to say, you can do a case. And I think that's a lot of that strength I draw from, like you were saying, it's not, sometimes it's not all about us. It's, it's about the people that are listening to your podcast or listening to my comedy or listening to the other people 
that you bought that you brought up brought in those stories that kind of keep us like you know what i'm connecting with that person and what they said was like right on you know so because i connect with a lot of people indigenous and non-indigenous that allowed me to say you know what i got this you know i'm i messed up but i'm gonna keep trying you know i failed at comedy but i'm gonna keep trying i failed at being a father or being the i'm not a perfect father but at fatherhood you know like in terms of being what is right i guess you know from 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 just messing up as a dad you know what i mean to messing up as a as a husband or messing up as a son or messing up as just a human being knowing that you know this these failures are not defining me but they're making me stronger to become a better person than i was yesterday and um that's kind of something i really hold i'm holding true to myself the more i find find about find more about myself in the healing journey that i'm i'm on you know so it's uh it's really really cool and i I hope people that listen to this understand that you know take that risk even if it's just you going to go lift weights take that risk even if it is for you to say sorry to someone that you know might have hurt you or you might have hurt them take a risk and you know pray uh whatever whatever it is in your life just take that risk and see it through to the bitter end and if it doesn't serve a purpose for you anymore then hey it's okay you're gonna be fine you're gonna be okay because there's many other opportunities out there that are gonna that are gonna bring bring light to your life i guess you'd say and uh mm-hmm. but yeah so i but good 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 job on you for doing what you're doing in terms of you know uh finding something that you know whoa 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 i'm not i'm not happy here and i need to do something different and i need to find the happiness and some type of meaning to my life rather than just going through the 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 recidivism or the just everyday kind of routine i need something that kind of pumps me up and gets me going in the morning you know yeah yeah it's uh well <clears throat> you know like failure is just part of everything it is and it is man it you mentioned earlier too where you know when you bombed like you know you could not do comedy after that because that's scary dude like that's scary to <laughs> it is. be no like i i don't have like the cur- like i'm trying to work on it like before like okay so with me it's like i would always want a crutch i would need somebody to rely on i would need somebody there with me to take if i bombed and at least i'm not a bombing alone you know and i needed somebody there but you know now you know i'm and i'm learning i'm learning everything i'm learning like you like i'm a learner of life i don't know anything i just learn from the people i talk to and the things that i read and if i'm wrong about stuff then for sure like correct me like i'm not like i'm not in the 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 thing of like where i'm right i'm always right like no like if i'm wrong like correct me for sure like because that's that's what it that's what it's about it's about learning but but um but yeah, I needed a crutch and, you know, I'm learning all this stuff and I'm learning to rely on myself, you know, rather than just with somebody or on somebody else. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, I guess I found some friends that are calm comedians too. And I'll let you know, man, it's hard to find y'all for some reason <laughs> to find native comedy comedians. It is. <laughs> it is. It's hard to find you all. Like, I think I, I think Tatanka shared something of, he did a show with you and that's how I found you. Oh yeah. So I was like, Oh, that's cool. That's cool, man. And you know, and there's a flyer with comedians on there. So yeah, you know, I've been trying to find comedians local and everywhere, 
you know mm-hmm. so that's where i found you so I, that's when i reached out i was like hey man it'd be cool to have you on and heck yeah man i'm so, always young. I'm, I'm so thankful that kind of you seen me and you're like okay i'll get that guy i'll get that asian mexican looking guy on my show <laughs> hey well what did you go to school for uh and uh oh uh so i got my undergrad in health and human development kind of centering around mm. family science mm. and then uh i got my master's in mental health uh counseling okay. yeah yeah so that's okay. kind of what i went into and at first i was going to go psychology and then mm. something kind of just got me out of that and i didn't really it was too scientific or too bookish you know, like mm. too, like in the book, like labeling. That's what it was. It's too labely. Like they just labeled everybody. And I didn't like, like I'm in my mind, like as we're going through abnormal psychology, I'm like, well, what if, you know, I had all these questions, you know? And they're like, well, mm-hmm. unfortunately, this is what the DSM, you know, I think at that time was three. I think it was DSM three, like the diagnosis manual. And according to this, this is exactly what I'm like, but and they're like, well, there's not really any what ifs or buts kind of depends on the psychologist and if they want to use those what ifs and buts. But, you know, we as as professionals, you have to go through by this book and then I go and I don't know how big of a, you know, um, I respect I respect it. I just don't follow it. The Bible thing. And mm. it's like, well, and the same thing is like, it's in a book, but we don't really live that life anymore. So what ifs and buts, I have questions, I have, you know, concerns, you know, so is it really by the book, you know, kind of things, you know, uh, you know, you mm-hmm. go into the law, the books of the law and the, 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 the way the white men wrote the law, you know, like, but really, is it that way? Is it this way for only you guys, but not for, you know, you know, minorities, you know, kind of like all that. So the book stuff is just for me going into psychology, I always had these kind of like it was just too, too rigid. Like it was just too like structured, you know, for me. So that's why I went to the mental health route and it was more flexible, it was more kind of things that I can work with and be you know you know malleable you know kind of like you know it it played with each person's characteristics and upbringing and and you know seeing them for who they were rather than diagnosing them right i can i mean technically back then i could have probably diagnosed people but i really try to stay away from it until the better bitter end until i got to like okay is this really is this really what your diagnosis is because we already went through everything and you're still illustrating or displaying these certain, you know, characteristics of what this label would be, you know, but right away, I know a lot of psychologists or people and I, you know, I could be wrong too, but from my experience, I've seen people like after the first session, oh, they're schizophrenic, oh, they're bipolar or, oh, they, they're ADHD. You know, I'm like, how do you know after one or two sessions? Oh, I, I've been in this profession long enough. I just know I'm like, you know and so anyways that's what kind of turned me off into psychology and i really went strong into mental health and behavior health and uh, drug and alcohol addiction and uh youth youth services a lot of those you know and so i did a lot of that it wasn't and honestly you know i probably honestly i probably would have still been in that profession if uh i didn't have the the rigidity or the 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 such uh i don't know plasticky feeling i guess it's a it wasn't rich you know it was like you got to do the a b c or d in order to get funded by like the state of montana or 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 the, by the feds you know it was just a lot of paperwork 
And if you don't do, if you didn't do it like this, then it was, you know, unprofessional, unethical in terms of how we wrote notes, you know what I mean? And then my supervisors mm -hmm. were also old school. And so I brought some kind of type of new school thinking, you know, like the what ifs and the buts, and can we explore this a little bit? And same thing, headbutting with the supervisors think, you know, they had their way and their way was the only way. And so I was just like, you know what, I'm not, it's not my time to, you know, be in this position right now. I got to bounce. So, but some people don't believe that they have that option to bounce. They only see, and they get stuck in that rut of like, this is my only option. This is the only thing I'm supposed to do and can do. Not realizing there are so many opportunities to make money, to be happy, to do what you want. You just have to go out there and explore. Like you said, you read, you listen to other people, you you research, you take those chances. Like that's that's what more of us have to do to ultimately find happiness in all facets, from spiritual to physical to relationships to mental emotional stability. Like you just have to take those risks and you have to be okay with the failures that are gonna come with those risks, but knowing that you're going to be okay. You're going to make ground, you're going to become stronger from those failures and those risks. But you gotta ultimately become the happiest you could possibly be. But it, no one's gonna create that happiness but you. Do you have a truck? Do you need accessories? Then look no further than Vance Truck Accessories. Vance Truck Accessories is owned by the man himself, Chris Vance. Chris has built his business from the ground up and is based in Oklahoma City. Chris makes it a point to push and install American-made products and will work hard to accommodate everyone. Vance Truck Accessories takes pride in supporting local veteran groups, local school groups, and other local businesses. Check out the Vance Truck Accessories Facebook page and check out the website, www.vancetrucks.com for more info and to book your next appointment. And did I mention they do window tint on the weekends? Well, they do. So get on down to Vance Truck Accessories and let them know Russ from Okie Podcast sent you. Mm -hmm. yeah and now you're taking that risk into acting correct yeah <laughs> yeah i am yeah. so cool and that's like another part i'm 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 saying i'm not saying that after acting the letter is over there's other things that mm -hmm. I, i'm ambitious about you know um you know like uh like i never honestly so another ambition part is that yeah i'm getting to acting too but i'm also what i didn't think was coming my way but maybe i i thought it maybe i put it into the universe um, was writing, you know, so I'm also not only getting to acting, but I'm also into writing now and I'm writing for a, a pilot show that ultimately when we get done writing, we'll ultimately pitch it to a major network. And I don't know who, who knows, but that's a risk, right? You don't know. I've never written a script before. I've never written for a show before. And I could have easily said, no, I don't want to. I've never done it. But in my mind, I'm like, man, this is a cool opportunity. Let's do it, you know? So, I mean, it's about the risks and the chances that you take in life that you're gonna be excited about. And this might lead into me acting more because now I know how to write a script. Now I know how to read a script, you know what I mean? So maybe this is my training into becoming uh, an actor, you know? Or maybe they just work hand in hand. I don't know where this acting writing journey is taking me, but I am like, it is so exciting. It is so, so cool. and. The big push of it is, you know, talking to my buddy Migs, who writes for, you know, uh, uh, Reservation Dogs, you know, and, um, you know, Bobby, Bobby Wilson, you know, the 1491s crew, you know, and seeing mm -hmm. them write their own scripts and their own plays and stuff and seeing like, wow, man, they write, they wrote, 
they wrote for this video and they acted out the video and that's why their videos are seem so clever and so well done is because it wasn't just like a TikTok video where you're just going to do something really quick for 30 seconds. They took time, they wrote it out, and then they played it out. And so anyways, um, seeing them do that and then seeing the big push for the you know reservation dogs is just like, from breaking even more i mean obviously preservation dogs is, is breaking barriers you know in addition to all the other previous films smoke signals you know everything adam beach did tonka means did you know martin sensmeyer did you know i mean we could keep going on and on from other previous actors but there's a there's a different feeling or there's there's a different wave that's kind of coming and it's full of like indigenous native actors that are like we've been waiting and we are and we're ready you know what i mean and I think the country is ready too for for what we're about to bring. Not the country, yeah. the world. The world, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great though, man. Like <clears throat> you're just diving headfirst into writing and acting, and that's how it is for me too. Now, like, yes, I, I did like sports commentary, right? And I'd never done that before. And my friend was just like, "Hey, man, like you know, you should you know commentate." And I was like, "Bro, like I played football, but I'd never." I, I don't talk about it. Like, I don't, I wouldn't even know what to say, you know, I was afraid and I was like, you know what? I'll do it. You know, like I'll learn from it. Like I'll learn how to do it as the season goes on. So, and I did, man, I took that chance and I did it. So it was a fun experience, dude. It was a fun experience. You got to see a team grow and it's from my hometown. Oh, that's and, cool. And it was just like, it was amazing. Like I was like, I'm so glad I said yes yeah and then there's like other projects i'm doing too where i'm just like yeah like let's let's do it let's work let's build it up so yeah like i like the worst that can happen is it just bombs and you try again that's that's it yeah that's what it is. you move direction you try again and that's exactly what those writers said you know like if we're writing and it doesn't seem so well then we can just say okay we'll 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 x x that and we'll rewrite something that will work like Mm-hmm. And it's not like the whole freaking show is over. You just rewrite until something works. And then, then you go with it, you know, like, and in me, in my mind, being a new writer, I'm like, oh, this might not work or this. And then that one guy was just like, stay. We want to hear. We want. So how they found me for the writers group is they seen a comedy clip of me on YouTube and they loved my humor. So they reached out to me and they said, would you like to be part of this writers group? And I was like, yeah anyways you know and i was just and anyways as writing mm-hmm. i voiced concern i texted this one guy personally and i said you know um you know my concerns are this a b and c he's like you know dude don't worry about it he said just you just write you bring your creativity to it and just write don't worry about format structure don't worry about any of that just write and sure enough you know the things that i wrote on this the first act that we're doing right now they really liked they really liked the the angles that I came from they really liked the 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 comedic scenes that I created um so I mean and these and I'm telling you like some of these guys have rich history in 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 other shows like popular really popular shows you know mm-hmm. and I'm, I just don't know if I'm able to tell everything right now so I'm trying to keep it as vague as possible yeah, yeah. but uh but yeah they have like really like shows that you've heard of and shows that you probably probably have watched before and i'm just like you know hearing hearing the feedback from those guys about my writing and my angles of comedy they're like 
they're like, man, that was that was right on, or you know, the stuff that you wrote in is hilarious, or whatever it may be. And I'm like, holy cow, this is pretty cool. It's confidence building, but I don't take it and like, oh no, I'm I'm the I'm the best writer here. You know, it's nothing like that. <laughs> yeah, it's more like, um, it's more like just like, man, thank you so much. But it makes you hungry. You know, it makes you like, okay, I'm doing something right. Let's let's keep her going. You know, mm-hmm. so we'll see. We will see. And has there been any, um, have you been in any like acting gigs? Have you been in anything I could watch? Or... No, not yet. Um, not yet. Like I said, I just now started getting to it. Uh, I never really, I need a, there's some things that I still need to kind of get a hold of. I mean, I have people in the act, friends that are in the acting industry and they want me to get things uh, going. Um, mm-hmm. And they want me to find, uh, do like three different like sample videos of me you know, drama one, a comedic one, and, you know, uh, one like that, not drama, but uh, um, action, kind of like an action one, mm-hmm. like if I was in an action film or something. Mm-hmm. And so that they can pitch those videos to the producers or the cast, the casting agents or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I still haven't found an agent yet. I'm still kind of just doing everything on my own, sending videos, sending, you know, acting resumes to different people. I was in like a little small little film here in Seattle and had to do with like green space uh green space like in terms of like the city's full of concrete but you know how important is green space in the city and so i did like a little part in that and i did i mean they said i did great so i mean obviously they kept my line so that's good um Mm -hmm. but yeah so nothing really yet but i in my mind like this is it's just intuition it's a feeling i do feel like you know these roles that are meant for me are coming down the line and as I continue to work on my acting and study it, uh, I, I, I'm confident I will be ready to to bring whatever I need to bring to the acting industry as an indigenous native person from Fort Belmont, Montana. You know, so we'll see. You never know. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's gonna happen, dude. You just gotta like I do. I do now, man. I speak things in existence. Yes. And I'm a firm believer in that. And. Mm-hmm. Because before I had this conversation with somebody where, you know, it's so easy to just doubt yourself. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, I can't do that. It's so easy to do that. And you say it out loud. Rather, like now, like, I'm like, I'm going to do that. Like, I yeah. can do that, you know, and yeah. it's yes. and it's so it's so weird at first when you're doing it, because you I've never done that before. I've never said I'm able to do this or I can do this. Like, it was always like, no, man, I can't do that. So. <laughs> You know, like it was—it's just a change of um, mind now. Like I'm just, I'm just super positive now. Like I'm super—I'm not no negativity here or anything. So that's awesome, man. Keep it up, man. You too, man. Like yeah. you too, and and uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Um, so thank you for coming on, Casey. Yeah. I really do appreciate it. You're that's welcome awesome. back anytime. Yeah, let me know. I'm, let's do it. Let's go. Let's go into even more depth about something. This is awesome. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I'd love that. And yeah, just hit me up, or I'll hit you up. And you know, once you're once you have some stuff coming up, like we can come on and just promote it too. Yeah, I'm that'd more than be happy to do that. Yeah, let's do it, man. I'm I'm so excited about it, and let's uh, yeah, let's keep uh, supporting each other and keep uh, um, lighting the fire under each other's behinds to keep us uh, all going. You know, in the same direction. Um, you know, unity is so, so important in all facets of our indigenous, uh, lives, I guess, in our circle. 
um, from from water rights to land rights to acting to speaking to media to entertainment like you name it to governments you know like let's just all unify and let's continue to work together to to um, show the world again what what we're made of and we were always meant to be here to be have our word uh, heard and to hear our voices and um, yeah let's just keep going let's get, we got this yeah we got this yeah one last question where'd you get your hat uh that is from my buddy he's a promoter he wanted to print some hats out mm -hmm. so he asked his buddy in california to print a bunch of hats and we sold them here in uh washington for a big event that we did here and so but i'm i like if anybody's interested i mean obviously just hit me up and i can totally get them print print more and you know ship them out to you as well so um, merchandise will be coming up on www.resolicious.com. I'm working on my store. Um, it should be ready hopefully by the end of the month, if not sooner. And uh, you can find all my social media on there. However, I might be changing my social media just because I got a bunch of junk on there. Like people say they follow you, but they don't follow you. So there's just a bunch of stuff that's on there that I don't really need. So I might end up revamping my snapchat my uh facebook uh both my comedy page and my personal page just to give a heads up to everybody that might be listening so i might be revamping a lot of that stuff and just starting over and bringing more substance or more what do they call continuity to mm -hmm. my pages okay cool yeah all right yeah i'll be on the lookout for that and yeah, yeah if you ever come through again let me know and i'll i'll come through to your show yeah, that'd be awesome. I'll let you know too, and uh, try to. I try, I try to post everything I can on my crazy Casey comedy on my my Facebook page. But like I said, that might end up going down too, and I'm just gonna restart everything. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, let me know when you do that. <laughs> okay, I will. Because <laughs> the way Facebook does stuff, like I, it shows me things that are super late for some reason. Yeah, I don't yeah. get the updates all the time either. I'm like, this is it shows like. 2d you know ago mm -hmm. and i'm like what two days ago why are you doing yeah. that you know like yeah know. so it's stupid it's stupid but <laughs> facebook please fix that yeah <laughs> seriously come on Mark. so everybody <laughs> so everybody go follow casey keep up with him uh check out his website yeah instagram would probably be the consistent one and uh, yeah that's where i know where did i hit you up at oh no it's facebook but, yeah yeah Instagram, I got you on Instagram too. So everybody go follow him, keep up with him, check out his website, be on the lookout for when he changes everything. You don't want to miss out on that. Yes. And this man is on the move. He's on a mission and he will be back. We got a lot more to talk about, but yeah. So thank you for coming on, man. Thank you for coming on, thank making time. And if you're not following Oki podcast, please do that. It's on Spotify, Apple, wherever I would say Google it or Google my name and it'll come up. Facebook is Russell Sun Eagle. My personal Oki Podcast is on Facebook as well. Instagram is Oki Podcast, one word. Russellmust49 is my personal. And check out the website, www.okipodcast.com. So until next time, everybody, peace. See ya. As most of you have seen, myself and Native Threads have created a special partnership. So shout out, huge shout out to Native Threads Clothing. They have a drop coming on February 12th. It's going to be the Native Legends Collection. So please go follow Native Threads Apparel on Instagram at Native Threads Apparel and also on Facebook. 
Native Threads Apparel. And also check out the website, nativethreads.com. So thank you, Native Threads, for believing in me. So happy we get to work together. And I can't wait for what's next.